So in today's gospel, we hear Jesus uh, speak about and uh, work with, or work against, shall I say, uh, devils, so evil spirits. Uh, it's very interesting that in, in today's world, I find, generally speaking, it's like we don't believe in evil spirits on the occasions when we should, and we do believe in them on the occasions when we shouldn't. So like, a lot of people are afraid to go to graveyards at night. You know, or uh, around Halloween, people are afraid of the dark, or people are afraid of the dark in general. Um, and yet, if you ask them to kind of identify, well, there, there could be anything there. You know, there could be kind of spirits around like that. But then, when it, when it comes to like nightclubbing, or when it comes to like experiences that we might have where we're exposing ourselves to evil, on those occasions, we don't believe in evil. You know, why? You know, going to a nightclub, it's going to a dodgy part of the city with dodgy people listening to dodgy music. How would that possibly negatively affect me? You know, so on the occasions when we should believe in evil, we don't. And on the occasions when there really is nothing to fear, I mean, nighttime is the same as daytime, just with less light. Uh, you know, uh, what's, what's there to be afraid of? Uh, I do it every night on the way up to my hermitage in the dark. Um, so, yeah, like, but on the occasions when we should be afraid of evil, we're not. Because there, there, there is, and there is, evil exists, right? Evil is real. And if we have kind of a doubt about that, well, I think you only have to look at the news any particular evening and say, like, is this, you know, what, where is this coming from? Is this purely human intellect just deciding that another group of people or ethnicity or whatever it is deserves to die? Or is there, is there something stirring this? And as we mentioned uh, last week as well with the, the conversion of Rudolf Hurst, if you go to a place like Auschwitz or Birkenau, uh, there's, there's still a, again, it, this, isn't, this goes beyond the physical but there's a sense, a feeling of evil, even though, like I, like I said, the time while I was there, the weather was beautiful. It was a lovely day. But you went into those grounds and there was, you could still feel this kind of evil. Even before they told you the stories of what happened there and the numbers and the statistics, you could feel, there's something spiritual and you know it, you feel it. Back in my clubbing days, there was one nightclub that I went to and I could actually, it was, I could feel the, the evil in there. It's closed since, uh, but when you know you, you walked in and it was it was quite a dark club and it reeked of hash. <laughs> it was just not a very good place at all. Uh, but there was also a sense of something, just I don't know. It wasn't just oh it's dirty, but like there's something kind of spiritually dirty here. Something kind of evil, right? A, a sense of this isn't good for my soul. So the Lord today, as I say, speaks about and, and, and works against the powers of evil. When Jesus had cast out a devil, some people said, it is through Beelzebul, the prince of devils, that he cast them out. And Jesus says, well, that would be kind of crazy, wouldn't it? I'd be asking Satan to cast out his own demons. Why would he do that? So, evil is real. Satan is real. Demons are real. This doesn't mean now we have to Hollywoodize any of these things. Uh, yeah, we have to kind of get over the kind of the boo effect of of demons. Demons don't exist just to frighten us. That does them no good. And their goal is to lead us away from God, not just to frighten us. Frighten us is, is absolutely pointless. In fact, if anything, if they did frighten us, if they were visible, right, they'd be like what a lot of you look like first thing in the morning. <laughs> no. Um, They'd be, they'd be so, they'd be so, um, like they're so ugly. <laughs> they're so, 
I'm joking. But they are. Demons are so hideous, right? They're so awful that if you were to see them, if you were to see them, if we could see them in the flesh, I guarantee you, you would pray like you've never prayed before. You know, if you could see a demon, I was joking about the morning thing, okay? <laughs> if you could, you're awake now. Uh, if you could see demons as they are, they are so vile. My goodness, you drop to your knees and pray on the spot. So they don't show themselves. Them frightening you does no good at all. They don't want to frighten you. They want to lure you. Come this way. The Lord says, go that way. No, 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 later, later. Go that way, later. Come with me. You know, that's, their goal is not to frighten us, because that's, that's pointless. Their goal is to lead us away from God, little by little. And they're pretty good at it. They have lots of experience. They know humanity quite well, and they know you quite well. So they know where our weaknesses are. So some will be tempted to pride or to lust or to alcohol or to overuse of, of the internet or vanity or having to be the center of attention all the time or, or general arrogance. Who knows? We'll, we'll be tempted in different ways. Anger, pride. We'll be tempted in all sorts of different ways, where, depending on wherever our personal weaknesses are. Balance that with the fact then that you also have a guardian angel. You also have the sacraments that you have received. In virtue of baptism, you belong to Christ. And you now have access to that infinite treasury of graces, won for us by the pierced heart of Christ. You now have access to that in virtue of your baptism. So when we receive sacraments, there's a sacramental grace there. These are real things in the spiritual life. This isn't just make-believe or maybe it would be nice if. These are real things. Then we have the sacramentals, sacramentals, not sacraments, sacramentals, like blessed objects, holy water, miraculous medals, brown scapulars, uh, praying your rosary, holy water. All these things, talk to an exorcist, they work. The enemy does not like them because they have spiritual power, so he's very sensitive to spiritual power. That's his realm, spirituality, you know. He is a, a, a spirit, a pure spirit. So the demons are very aware of these things. It's just interesting and very dangerous that in contemporary Christianity or definitely Catholicism, uh, the reality of demons, the reality of Satan, has kind of been taken away. I think there are a few reasons for this. We don't need to get into the few reasons, but just basically, I think for many of us, our faith formation happened when we were in primary school, for many of us in Ireland anyway. Uh, so up to the age of about 12 when we receive our, our, our confirmation. And at that, during that age, they tend not to speak too much about demons, understandably, to children. Now, I think you can. I think there is a child-friendly way of saying, you know, there are good people and bad people. There are good angels and bad angels. You, know, you don't have to frighten the life out of them, but I think they can, they can know these things exist. I mean, they watch cartoons. There's always a villain. You know, we don't live in fear of the villain, but... Okay. Uh, so, because our faith formation stops at about the age of 12, then we never get into the... The, maybe the, the, the more, how should I say it, adult, I mean, we never develop an adult understanding of our faith. And so it remains at that kind of childish level where a lot of the more difficult concepts uh, aren't, aren't explained or aren't delved into at all. So then what, what do we have then? That means that as adults, the, the great drama of the faith, if you will, is missing a villain, right? There is no enemy, 
So what do you have to do? Like imagine, imagine the story of the Lord of the Rings. So uh, Bilbo comes across this ring and needs to destroy it. So he goes to Mount Doom and drops it in. Well, thanks, Tolkien. That was a, that was a really boring story. You know, like, there is no story. Right? So uh, you're born, and you were given grace by God, and life is good, and then you go to heaven. Okay. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Do I need mass? Nope. Need confession? No. Do I need the Eucharist? Do I need blessings? Do I need any religious objects at all? Why would you? What, 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 what do you need them for? Does you, 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 know, you lack nothing. You're grand. You're good. As you are, there is no enemy. And you go to heaven when you die. Voila. Seven sacraments. Obsolete. All the teachings of the saints. Catechism. Sacred scripture. All obsolete. You don't need any of it. You're a good person. You die and you go to heaven. So party on. But that is the, that's the mentality today. We don't need grace. We don't need scripture. We don't need any of this. Granny, if granny likes it, let granny read it. It's good for granny. Keeps her mind active. <laughs> right? Let granny work away with that. But I don't need it. And like, like that's the way we live. That's the way maybe our, some of our brothers and sisters, maybe some of your uncles and aunts, or maybe yourselves before. That's the way we live. Like there is nothing to kind of achieve. There is no enemy to defend ourselves from. There's nothing to do. And especially for the heart of a man, that is devastating for the faith. Because we like doing stuff. We like doing things. There, like there's something to achieve, something to accomplish. Scale a mountain, you know, build something, fix something. Okay, so in the faith, what do you have to do? Uh, be nice. Great. You work away, mom. That's got nothing for me. Why would I, why would I be a priest? There's nothing to do. There's nothing to accomplish. There's no satisfaction because what you offer is obsolete. Why would you give your life to do something that's entirely unnecessary? Do you know, like give my life to fill buckets of water and empty them out again. <laughs> you know, we just we want to do something useful, something that makes a difference. So you remove the reality of Satan and demons from the story and suddenly everything becomes obsolete. Now, that's said, we don't have to exaggerate either. Everything is demonology and everything is, you know, if you sneeze, that's the devil behind you. Or, like, you know, like, let's not go down that, that route either. But, but demons and Satan exist. They're real. And we need to know that. We need to be aware of that. Not be afraid of them, but be aware. These, this is real. This stuff is real. I heard, it, I heard him described once as Satan is like a, a really dangerous dog with big teeth and a big appetite. But he's on a chain. He's on a leash. So just don't get in range. You know, he's got his kind of territory, his areas. Just don't go there. He's not entirely free to roam wherever he wants. But if we approach him, if we go to places, do things, or allow uh, thoughts or, or, or habits into our lives that, that bring us closer to him, then it's kind of our fault. 
But don't get in range, don't get close to him. And believe in all of the power of everything else, the power of sacraments and sacramentals, the power of the church. We have what we need, but there is a battle. And to be aware, the reality of that battle is very, very important. Otherwise, otherwise we're walking on a battlefield with our gun down, going, there's no place like home, la, 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 la. I'm on a beach in the Bahamas and also, <laughs> and you get shot. Okay, whether we want to or not, whether we realize or not, whether we, we admit it or not, we are on a battlefield. That battlefield is for your soul. It's for the interior life. And one of the best tactics that the enemy has ever come up with is to make people believe he doesn't exist. Because if your enemy doesn't exist, then you don't protect yourself from him. It's like the, the whole screw tape letters, if, you, if you've ever read them, fascinating. Uh, very funny and insightful uh, books there by, by, by C.S. Lewis. Just the, the, the way the enemy describes how he's trying to hide but still kind of nudge people in the wrong direction. But he doesn't want people to know he exists. That's the whole thing. He doesn't want to say, I am Satan. Don't go to Mass. Like, he doesn't do that. <laughs> you know? It's nice and subtle. You're a good person. You've worked hard all week. You should rest. I know it's Sunday morning. But you went to Mass last week. It's okay. You're good. You're a better person when you sleep. You're a bit of a bear when you're tired. So just rest away. And then you can be a better person in the afternoon. Okay? Good little person. You know, he, that's the subtlety. That's how it works. He doesn't reveal himself. And that's deliberate. So Lord Jesus, we ask you to make us more aware of, yes, the power of the enemy, the presence of the enemy, but where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Lord, wherever he is present, your grace is more than sufficient. In all of our battles, Lord, you are more powerful and when we're tempted to sadness or negativity, when we're tempted to loneliness, when we're tempted to isolate ourselves, when we're tempted to shame or self-reproof, when we're tempted to lust or anger or pride, Lord Jesus, let us hold on to you. Let us listen to you, the voice of truth. Amen.